God right now. Just lift your hands. Hallelujah. This is a consecration moment. Hallelujah. This is an individual moment. Hallelujah. Why don't you lift those hands right now? And whatever it is that you stand in the need of, I want you to, I want you to focus on that in your mind right now. Whatever it is you need from God right now, just lift your hands and, and connect with God right now, even in your spirit. Just lift your hands and connect with him. I don't know what you need, but you know what you need right now. And the spirit of the Lord is in this place. Let us connect with that spirit right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you just say something good to God right now? Just say, Lord, I love you. Why don't you just thank God for what he has done for you? Just connect with him right now. Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I give you the glory. Lord, I give you the honor. Even right now, wherever you might be, even if you're watching us virtually, just lift those hands wherever you might be and connect with God right now in this moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just tell him thank you. If you don't know anything else, just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for my life, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, thank you, Lord, for providing for me. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me through, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to see another year. Lord, thank you for keeping me in my right mind. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Right now, Lord, I just want to say thank you. Right now, I just want to say thank you. Hallelujah. Why are you thanking him? Why don't you put those hands together and give God some praise in this place? Thank you, Lord. I thank you. Lord, I love you and I thank you. I love you. And Lord, I thank you. Right now, Lord, I love you and I thank you. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you and I love you. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. And Lord, we love you in this moment. Lord, we love you on this day. We love you in this place. Lord, we love you from the depths of our heart. And Lord, we're grateful and Lord, we're thankful for everything that you've done for us, Lord. Lord, we honor you because you are God. Lord, we praise you because you are God. Lord, we praise you because you are faithful. Lord, we praise you because you loved us more than we even loved ourselves. And Lord, right now we give you the glory. We give you the honor and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and praise. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I'm just grateful to God for all that he's done for us. I'm thankful to him for his consideration and his kindness towards us. And I'm thanking God even this morning for each of you who've come to share with us. We've been sharing this year from our theme, Loading, for this year that we're loading, we're anticipating. We're waiting with expectation for what God is going to do for us on this year. And we are expecting great things. If somebody is there with me, point at somebody and say, I am expecting great things. Find somebody else, point at them and say, I am expecting great things. Hashtag that in the comments. I am expecting great things. I am expecting 
great things I am expecting. Hallelujah. I am expecting. I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting supernatural miracles in my life. I'm not, ex I'm not losing expectation because of a pandemic. Sometimes, sometimes when we're going through a trial, it can lower our expectations. Don't lower your expectations because no matter where we find ourselves in, we still serve the same great God. God is immutable. He does not change. He's the God before the pandemic. He's the God during the pandemic. And he's going to be the God after the pandemic. So I'm serving the same God. So if my expectations were here in 2019, in 2020, they just went up. In 2021, they went even higher. In 2022, they're going even higher. Because I serve a great I wish I had a witness in here. I serve a great God. Hallelujah. And he's worthy to be praised. I praise God for each of you on this morning. And I, and I apologize in advance. Some of you who may know that, you know, my, my birthday is coming up. And my son, as an early birthday present, said, Dad, why don't we go to the Titans game? So my son Joseph took me to the Titans game. It was his treat on yesterday amen and although we are disappointed in the results amen we had a, a wonderful time and we were out there yelling and screaming and and standing we stood almost probably almost three hours we were standing up and yelling and screaming and it made me think when i got home sister Brittany, it just made me wonder i saw all those people standing and yelling and screaming and then some of those same people either won't go to church today or they'll sit in church and they'll sit and be quiet and say nothing. Let me, let me make this clear. I'm not coming for the folks who are always quiet. I'm not coming for you. I'm coming for the folks that can yell and scream and stand for three hours on Saturday and then sit and do nothing on Sunday. I, I'm just coming for those people because if I can stand for three hours and yell at the top of my lungs for the Titans, then let's be honest, they disappoint me all the time. Then I can stand up. I can wave my hand. I can raise my voice. I can yell. I can holler. And I can scream for my God who never disappointed me. I can scream for my God who never let me go. I can scream for my God that causes me to always win. Hallelujah! 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 I can't be silent. I refuse to be silent. I refuse to be quiet because he's done so much for me. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! so much for me. Hallelujah. I just Hallelujah. He's done so much for me. I can't even tell it all. David said if I had 10,000 tongues, if I had 10,000 tongues, he said that wouldn't be enough to tell you how good my God be. But with the one tongue I do have, I'm going to tell somebody 
about how good it's been because he's worthy. Somebody come in here with me. He's worthy. Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's worthy. Be seated, you may be seated. I'm, I can't. I can't. I can't. Oh, <laughs> Hallelujah! 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 Somebody say he's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. See, it was an interesting thing. One of the things that happened during the game I noticed, and I've been in Titan Stadium many times, but in Nissan Stadium yesterday, it was something different. There was a lot of people in there, and they were yelling so loud, you could hardly hear yourself. But at some point, the crowd got so loud that the opposite team, they got confused. I wish I had somebody walking here with me. They were trying to give signals to each other, and they couldn't even hear their own signals because the crowd was making such a loud sound. In fact, one time they had a false start and got a penalty. Another time they had to call a timeout before they got a penalty because the sound of the crowd was so loud that it was confusing the enemy. And I want to let you know that when you raise your voice to God, when you praise him in the middle of your trial, when you raise your voice to God, when you praise him in the middle of your storm, when you raise your voice to God, when you praise him in the middle of going through, that confuses the enemy. That confuses the devil. He doesn't even know what to do because after all he did to you, you're still giving God praise. After trying his best, you're still giving God glory. After trying to knock you out, you're still lifting your hands and giving God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I dare you to raise your voice. I dare you to praise him in the middle of it. I dare you to praise it while you're going through. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you. Hallelujah. I'm just thankful. I'm just grateful to God for everything that he's done for me. And Lord, I'm sorry if I don't always tell you. Lord, I'm sorry if I don't always show you. Lord, I'm sorry if I give my enthusiasm to other things and I don't even give it to you. Because Lord, you're worthy of the first fruits of everything, of my praise, of my purpose, of my attention, of my time. 
yes, of my treasure, but Lord of everything, Lord, you're worthy of the first of all that I have to give. And Lord, when I don't give you my best and when I don't give you my first, Lord, I'm just saying I'm sorry. Please forgive me. But Lord, I'm going to do better. Somebody say, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. Lord, I'm going to do better in giving you the glory and honor that you do because you're worthy to be praised. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. I know my assignment this morning. We're going to Job, the first chapter, and we'll be looking at verses 6 through 12. Again, that's Job chapter 1, and we'll be looking at verses 6 through 12. Theme for this year has been loading where the things that we're waiting and desiring and believing God for, and we're trusting him that it's going to happen. May not happen on his timetable, but on our timetable. Well, they say he may not come when you want him, but he's always, he's always on time. It's like God, he just gave, he gives me, he gave me an example this morning while you're, while some of you are still looking again, that's Job chapter one, verses six through 12. Each, each morning before I load my sermon, each Sunday morning before I load my sermon to my tablet, I use uh, well, it's called OneDrive. It's like an on online file system storage. And what happens is when I save it from my computer, I open that same app on my, on my tablet. But see, what happens is on my computer, it downloads it to that online storage, but it doesn't immediately show up on my tablet. So I go there, and then sometimes I click it, and it doesn't open because it's still downloading. That It has an icon there that shows me that it's coming, but it's just not there yet. And I want you to know that some of the things that you are expecting from God are just like my sermon this morning. God has already created the icon. You click, somebody clicked on it this morning and it wasn't there yet, but I want you to know it's coming. It's coming. It's loading. It's, it, it's coming. And, and see what has happened when I do it on my computer, I've already uploaded it on one side. I'm just waiting to download it on the other side. And what I'm telling you is God has already uploaded it from heaven. <laughs> He's already uploaded it from heaven. He's done all that he needs to do. You're just waiting to download it here on earth, but I want you to know he's already created it. He's already uploaded. You're just waiting for that. Get this, which he has already done. He's already done it. So when I say he's already done it, it's already done. That means God has already satisfied what he's going to do. All you have to do is wait and be in line, stay in position so that you can receive what God has for you. Today we're going to talk for a few moments from the thought tested and approved. Tested and approved. Job chapter 1 verse 6 from the English Standard Version reads like this. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? 
Say now to the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and walking and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. Let me stop right now. Because I'm going to speak this. I'm going to speak verse 10 over you. You can feel your name in where Job would go. Have you not put a hedge around him or her? Have you not blessed his or her house and all that they have on every side? You have blessed the work of his or her hands. You have blessed their possessions and you have increased them in the land. If you believe, if you accept that, say, I receive that. Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. Say, I receive that. Then the devil says, but verse 11, the devil says, but stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, touch our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to be receptive to what you're saying to us in this destiny moment. Lord, do not allow us to leave this moment unchanged, but allow this word to illuminate our path, to show us your way, and to push us along destiny's path. In Christ's name we pray, amen, and God bless you. I want to talk to you about being tested and approved. It reminds me of a story it was, to a, it was a, regarding a missionary candidate. At 3 a.m. one cold morning, a missionary candidate walked into an office for a scheduled interview with the examiner of the missionary board. He waited from 3 a.m. until 8 a.m. when the examiner arrived. The examiner said, let us begin. First, spell Baker. He said B-A-K-E-R. The young man replied. Very good. He said, now let's see what you know about figures. What is two plus two? He said, four, replied the applicant. Very good, the examiner said. He said, I'll recommend you to the board tomorrow that you be appointed a missionary. You have passed the test. At the board meeting, after the applicant had been dismissed, at the board meeting sometime later, the examiner spoke highly of the applicant. And he said, he has all the qualifications of a missionary. Let me explain. He said, first, I tested him on self-denial. I told him to be at my house at three in the morning. He left a warm bed and came out in the cold without a word of complaint. He said, second, I tested him on punctuality. He appeared and showed up on time. He said, third, I examined his patience. I made him wait five hours to see me after telling him to come at three. He said, fourth, I tested him on temper. He failed to show any sign of it. He didn't even question why I was late. 
Fifth, I tested his humility. I asked him questions that a small child could answer, and he showed no offense. He meets the requirements and will make the missionary that we need. Considering the ways that the missionary was being tested in ways that he didn't even know he was being tested. Have you ever considered even the slight trials that you're going through might be God testing you? Maybe God is testing you even in small things. When you can't find your keys in the morning. Well, how does your frustration level? When you're running late and you get behind someone going very slow. Maybe God is taste, testing your patience. When you, when you, when you lost it, you, you forgot your keys and then you were running late and then you show up to work and then the supervisor gives you an assignment that you ordinarily don't have. Maybe God is testing your humility. Have you ever considered even the minor, small, minute things that you go through during the day may be the hand of God examining and testing you? I want you to consider that tomorrow when you can't find your keys, or when your alarm clock doesn't go off, or when someone said, looks at you side-eyed at work, when, when somebody cuts you off in traffic. When someone, does, uh, when someone accidentally pushes you in the grocery store or gets in front of you in line or, or grabs the bananas you were reaching for, I want you to consider and think and pause for just a moment that maybe, just maybe, this is a test. We're all aware that God allows us to be tested. Jesus was tested. Matthew 4 and 1 says, notes that Jesus himself was led up of the spirit into the wilderness for the purpose of being tempted of the devil. Hebrews 4 and 15 reminds us, for we have not an high priest which has not been touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted or tested like as we are, yet without sin. Men will test you. Right? Matthew 5, 11 through 13 says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. In fact, it says in the test, in the temptation, in the trial, in even being persecuted and people working against you, the scripture continues again. That's Matthew 5, 11 through 13. It says rejoice. Hold on now, wait. Now they're lying on me and they're speaking against me falsely. And you're telling me to rejoice while I'm being lied on. Rejoice while I'm being persecuted. Rejoice when somebody is dragging my name through the mud. The Bible says what Jesus is saying, when they do it for your sake, for my sake, he said, rejoice and be exceeding glad and get this, for great is your reward in heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. So if, if my reaction is based upon the satisfaction I get, then do I want to be satisfied on earth by telling them what I think? Or do I want to be satisfied in heaven with the great reward that God is promising me here? 
Because the satisfaction of cussing them back is only going to last for a moment. And then you're going to regret it after you've done it. The satisfaction of get this, maybe you don't cuss, but maybe you just petty. Satisfaction of getting petty, that, that little revenge that you get by being petty is not as great as your reward would be in heaven. Come on now, because y'all, y'all know some of y'all saved, sanctified, and petty. Saved, sanctified, but petty. When, when you are petty, when you are vengeful, when you are returning evil for evil, then you are missing out on your heavenly reward. It says because when they do this, this, God is saying great is your reward in heaven. But you void your heavenly reward by getting back at them on earth. You void what God has for you because you are petty. It's like the game show. I can't think of it, but, uh, but, but it's the, the game show where the, you, have the, you have the three curtains and you can pick one. Let's make a deal. Thank you. Let's make a deal. They got the three curtains. And behind one is going to be a brand new car. Behind one is going to be a vacation. And behind one is going to be a stack of hay with a womp, womp, womp. <laughs> you picked the wrong one. I want to let you know, every time you decide to be petty, you're getting a womp, womp, womp. The stack of hay. The stuff that you can't do anything with. And God has a greater reward waiting for you if you just wait. If you're just patient. And, and see, some of us, we're, we're such warriors. We got to get people who get us. You're wasting your energy on an assignment that God said, I already got. God said, I got this. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. He said, I will repay. God said, I've got this. If they do you wrong for my sake, then I've got you. So you're wasting your energy working on something that God said I already got. I've already taken care of that. Why why do you need to work on something God's working on? Because God's going to do it better. (laughs) Come on now. God's going to do it better. That's like you, you're not a good painter, but you're going to have a professional painter come. And then after he comes, you're going to be like, well, I think I'm going to touch it up a little bit. No, don't, don't, don't do that. They're the professional. They know what they're doing. God's saying, I've got this. I'm taking care of it. I don't need your, your jagged paint strokes on top of what I've already perfected. You see the Mona Lisa and you over there, hold on, I think I can touch it up. Just that eyebrow is just a little bit crooked. <laughs> You're trying to touch up something that God has already perfected. Stop working on things that God, God has already told you. It's mine. Vengeance, it doesn't even belong to you. It's not your assignment. It's not in your purpose. God said it is mine and it belongs to me. It's mine. And great is your reward if you can wait and trust God. Great is your reward in heaven. Understand, remind, I'll remind you, and it's a good reminder. 
Some people are put in your life just to test you. That's their assignment. And they're good at it. Some of you are thinking of people right now. But that's, that's their assignment. And just as you have an assignment, they have an assignment. And they're as good and as anointed for their assignment as you are for yours. They're there for a purpose. But everybody who tests us is not there to frustrate us. Sometimes they're there to test you to motivate you. They're there to test you to keep you on the right path. They're, on the, they're there to test you, to challenge you to be better, to be greater. Don't get mad every time somebody asks you a question. Sometimes if you take that question and think about it, you can do better. I always say there aren't even, even bad ideas, and I encourage people in the church to bring me your ideas. You might think it's bad, but I tell you, every idea you present, it can be worked on. It can be perfected. It can be adapted. It can be made better. So when people say things in your life, even the people who don't like you, sometimes they'll say things that'll help you. Be careful about dismissing every type of criticism that you receive in your life. Because sometimes even the criticism of your worst sworn enemy might help you. Because when the Bible says he'll make your enemy your footstool, maybe he'll make their criticism the footstool that helps you go higher. Have you ever thought about that? They're saying, thing that's saying something that's challenging me. But I'm going to use what they've said to challenge me to get better, to go higher, to go to another level. So don't just throw away the challenge. Don't throw away people who, 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 who you think are enemies, who are against you. Because you never know what role they might have in helping you to get better. Oh, you need an example. Some of y'all dress better because you got haters. Think about it. She ain't going to catch me slipping going to work. Come on, y'all. Y'all know. I'm, I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to wear my, I was going to wear these shoes, but just so she know where I'm at. I'm going to wear these shoes. Somehow you're giving a presentation. Well, I know I got some haters in it, so I'm going to work on this a little harder. Because I know she's going to be hating on me. She's going to be checking what I'm doing. I need, to, I need to make sure I practice because if I break a verb, she's going to be talking about me behind my back. So I got to get my language together. I got to get my verbiage together. I'm going to practice this a little bit harder. Because why? Because I got a hater, an enemy who's working against me. You never know if that person has been planted there by God to cause you just to be a little bit better, to be a little bit sharper, to be a little bit more on point, to cause you to be elevated. And then why are you sitting there making adjustments so your enemy won't talk about you? Your supervisor's like, mm, look at her. She's always sharp when she comes to work. Look at her. She's always on time when she comes to work. You see that presentation she did? That was amazing. I think she needs to be promoted. God will make your enemies your footstool. And he will even allow their criticism and the things they do to work against you, to cause you to step up and even to be better. If you wait, don't, don't, don't waste your energy. Don't waste your energy trying to get back at people. Use your energy that God's given you 
to get better. You know why? Because I keep telling you, and I want you to get it, and, and, and I hope you're getting it. Some of you, I think you're getting it. Don't you spend your time like you spend your money. In fact, spend your time more frugally than you spend your money. If I wouldn't give my hater $100, why am I going to give him five minutes of my time? If I'm not going to give him my money, then why would I give him my time? Why would I, give, why would I, not, why would I not, if I'm not going to give him something I can get back, which is money, why would I give them time, something that I can't get back? So he said, how do I give him my time? You give him time by thinking about him when you go home. You know, girl, she, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Girl, she don't even know. She don't know me. She don't know me. She don't, she don't know the pre-saved me. See, I'm, being, I'm saved right now. But she don't know who I used to be. And I would have I, I told, back in the day, I would have told her about herself. She's taking up your time. So if you're not going to give her your money, why would you give her your time? I'm not going to waste my time and my energy on somebody who's been planted in my life. Get this, who might be helping me anyway? Who might be helping me anyway? I praise God because there are some, even some opportunities that I've had in my life that people had a responsibility and they ended that opportunity. That opportunity was over. And you know what? Recently, almost about two months ago now, I thank somebody because if it weren't for them, I wouldn't have found a new opportunity. I'm talking about that. When you really get God's plan, when you really get God's purpose, you won't get mad at folks that got in the way of what you thought was your destiny. Because when you actually get on the path of your destiny, you'll be like, thank you. Mm -hmm. Some of y'all ought to thank some of the, some ex-boyfriends and girlfriends for breaking up with y'all. Because Lord, where would I be today if I stayed with them? Come on, come on, come on now. Some of y'all to thank some jobs that laid you off because you wouldn't be where you are now if they hadn't laid you off. Come on now, I wish y'all talked to me here. But, but what I'm saying is that they had a role, even though they didn't know it, in putting you on the path that God had designed for you anyway. That's not where God wanted you to be. So he had allowed them to be an agent who worked on his behalf. And even though you thought they were a hater, they were helping you to go higher into what God desires you to be. So that's why you can rejoice. I rejoice because even when I don't see the plan, I know God has a plan. <laughs> what do you say? So, so the next time they lay you off, just smile. God still has a plan. It's just not right here. It doesn't involve this job. Next time they break up with you, just smile. God has a plan. It's just not with you. You're not a part of this plan. In fact, God's taking me to a place. I keep telling you this. God's taking me to a place where everybody can't go. And maybe they have, I have to drop them off because they don't have a passport. <laughs> and where I'm going requires a passport. So that means I can go, but they can't go. Come on, yeah. It, it was it was recent. I was uh, I think it was a family member who was talking about they were uh, they were getting on a, they were getting ready to go on a flight. And you know how COVID is. They were getting ready to get on a flight, but before they left, they were like you had to get a test before you could leave. So they got their test and they were negative. The person that was that had flown up there with them got their test and they were positive. So the person who came with them <laughs> couldn't get on the plane. They had to stay. 
And the person that was negative was able to get on the flight and leave. What I'm saying is that sometimes situations are intervening because God's trying to take you to somewhere that the person who's with you, they just can't go. They broke up with you for a reason. You lost that opportunity for a reason. But in everything, God is taking me higher. I want you to say that with me. Say, in everything, God is taking me higher because all things, we know that all things, I can smile when an opportunity ends because we know that all things. I can smile when they're laying me off and I can rejoice and be exceedingly glad because I know that all things. (laughs) When the financial institution tells me no, I can smile and I can still rejoice because we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, for the good of them who, who are called according to his purpose. Everyone, everyone is being tested. And I want you to know that your test is simply God acknowledging that you are part of his plan. I want you to get that in your spirit. I want, I want you to, those who write, write it down. But, but your test is God acknowledging that you are part of his plan. Oh, when, when, you, when you really get that in your spirit, I'm going through a trial and I'm struggling right now. But the reason that I'm struggling and the reason I'm going through this trial is simply because God is sending me a reminder that I'm part of his plan. Why was Job tested? Job's test was allowed by God. Why did God allow Job to be tested? Because God knew what Job, how strong God Job was. God knows how strong you are. When you don't know it, God knows how strong you are. God knows what you can bear. God knows what you can handle. God knows that the test, get this, that you're going through right now is not too much. God knows that it's not too much. Even when it feels to me like it's too much, God knows that is not too much. It's like that, that personal trainer who, when you're in the gym and you're getting used to one, one set of weights and you got it and you're happy and you're excited because I got this, I got this, I'm good. And then you hear the, the, the trainer tell you to stop. You stop and you hear a little clank. And you're like, hold on, what you doing? And the clank is him putting more weight on what you were already doing. And you're like, hold on, bro, I had this. What you doing now? He said, the only way you get stronger is if I put more weight on you. So then he, he puts it under and he's like, but I, I got you. But you know what he does when you go to that next weight, weight, weight level? When you're bench pressing, there's not, there's not two hands on the weight. There are three hands on it. Because you have both of your hands on it. But he'll put his hand in the middle. Oh, I wish <laughs> Oh, I wish you were here with me. He, he puts his hand in the middle to make sure that it's not too much, to make sure that you can bear it, to make sure not as much can you do it. But he's waiting for you to get used to it. He's waiting for you to get used to the amount of weight that you're dealing with. And at first, it's a struggle. And he has his hand in the middle. And at first, he's bearing a little of the weight. 
But little by little, his hand goes down. To some point, not only, not, he's no longer bearing any weight, but he's just holding it to make sure nothing happens. And I'm letting you know, somebody right now, you didn't think you were strong, but when he first gave it to you, God was helping you bear the weight. But little by little, he's moving down his hand. But his hand is still there because he's not going to allow anything. I wish you were with me. He's not going to allow anything to happen. You've got it. You're bearing the weight. You're pushing it up. You're holding on because God knew it was not more than you could bear. But yet his hand is still right there. His hand is there. Not because you can't handle it, but his hand is there for your confidence. So that you know, even though I'm holding the weight, God is saying, I still got you. I'm right here with you. The test is simply an acknowledgement by God that you're part of his plan. Not only that, that's what part of that, that was what was happening here at Job. But, but also in the story of Job, one of the more powerful notions is that we see in verse 12, God told the devil, behold, all that he had is in thy power. Before that, it wasn't in his power. It only was in the devil's power to tempt and to test Job once God told So once God gave him permission, then it was in his power to touch the things that Job has. Before then, he didn't have the power to touch it. I want you to understand that your test requires God's approval. Your test, first of all, is an acknowledgement that God, that you're part of God's plan. But secondly, your test requires God's approval. So again, I can rejoice and be exceeding glad when I'm going through, when I'm struggling, because God approved this test. God approved this trial. And if he approved it, then he's with me. If he allowed it, then he's with me. If I'm going through, then it's part of his plan. If it's it's part of my purpose, then it's still subject to the word that all things are going to work together for my good. This trial. This storm that's been approved by God is working for my good. Somebody say it's working for me. Oh, come on, say it like it means. Say it's working for me. It's working for me. So that also means the heart of the trial, and I want to get this to somebody who's going through a tough trial. That means if I'm going through a harder trial now than I've ever gone through before, That means God has increased my credit. He's increased my credit. What does that mean? That means my previous behavior, my previous performance on my trial before this allowed God to know that I can handle a little bit more. I'm telling somebody right now who's going through a trial, I just want to tell you this right now. You're going through a storm. You're going through a trial. First of all, baby, you got this because God's already waited. God approved it. God is letting you know that he's thinking about you and it's part of his plan. But he's letting you know, baby, you've shown me so much good, so, so, so much good stuff that I trust you with a harder test. I trust you with a harder trial. Somebody, somebody, I'm just letting somebody know you got good credit with God. <laughs> That's how, in fact, in in fact, Job had such good credit 
that he approved him to be tested to the devil himself. Now, now did the devil really need to, 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 to have somebody to be suggested to him to try? God's saying, boy, devil, you think you're doing something? He said, let me tell you something. I got this boy down here that can handle anything you got. He said, have you even considered Job? Have you tried him? He said, because I know whatever you put on him, whatever you try him with, he got good credit with me. Baby, you can try what you want to try. Because whatever you try, he's going to come through that. And I'm letting you know that the way you build that credit with God is when you come through the test and when you come through the trial and the heart of the trial and the heart of the storm. God is letting you know that you've developed good credit with him. Don't be frustrated. Don't be upset. God is letting you know that you're all part of his plan. And I have to finish. My time is short. It's, I want you to know that your blessing is an indication that you passed the test. Your blessing is simply an indication that you passed the test. Now, everybody wants a blessing, but not, everybody, not everyone wants a trial. Everybody wants a blessing, but not, but not the trial. Dad would say, you go to the grocery store, he said, the aisles are wide when you're shopping, but then when you get to the front, he said, they get real slim. <laughs> he said, because you can put all the things you want to in your basket, but there's going to be a reckoning time. There's going to be a reckoning. And then a lot of times, people start thinking after they start moving to the front. At first, you're in the trial throwing everything, in the aisles throwing everything in. Then you get towards the front. Then you start thinking about what you got in your checking account. You're like, oh, yeah, I want this. I want this. I want that. Then you get to the front and you see the light. You're like, hold on. Let me check my account now. Then y'all start putting stuff back. I really, really don't need this. and I probably can wait till next week to get that. And, and that's really not good for me, so I don't, come on, yeah, you know what you do. Because, you know, reckoning's coming. You, you, you're, you're, about, you're about to be checked. You start putting things back. But see, that's why I'm saying many of us, we want the blessing, but we don't want the trial. We don't want the storm. We don't want to have to really pay for it. And see, I, I worked at a car dealership, and oftentimes when, when I worked there, everybody wanted to go get the big truck, the big high-end truck. Well, let's go look at the trucks. Okay, let's go look at this big SUV. You know, let's go look. Then they looked at it, and then after a while, and they were looking at their payments. They're like, oh, let's go, let's go check these uh, compact cars over here. <laughs> let's, go, let's go see what they look like. Because you want the blessing, but you don't always want the trial. God's blessings have a trial associated with them. You can't be approved for the blessing before you're first approved for the trial. Let me give you that. You can't be approved for the blessing unless you're first approved for the trial. And some of us want blessing, but we don't want the trial that is associated with that blessing. Yeah, I want this. And then you think about it, and then they tell you, just like the, the car dealership, they're like, okay, this is going to be a $1,500 a month car payment. And you're like, hold on, let's go look over here. And sometimes, God, you see a blessing, but then it has a price tag on it. It has a trial. And then some of you, if you look at the trial, the price tag of the trial, you're like, no, God, I'm not ready for that. Let's go back over here where the price tag is a little smaller and the trial is not so involved. 
If you want to be ready for the blessing, you have to be ready for the trial. And the final thing that I, I want to share with you, this is what the devil said to the Lord. He said in verse 10, he says, hast thou not made an hedge about Job, about his house and about everything that he has on every side? It says an hedge about him. And when you translate that from the Hebrew back to the English, when he says and hedge about him, the, the, the preposition that he uses there that translates back best to the English, the Hebrew preposition that is used there that translates back to the English best when he says and hedge about him is the word through. And when you think of what he's saying through, he's saying, God, there is something that's running through Job. That's keeping me from putting my hands on him. There's something that's coming through. And Job is just a conduit. There's something that's running through him. That won't allow me to put my hands on him. And I can put it best this way. The Bible says greater is he that is in you. Greater is he that is coming through you. Than he that is in the world. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Because the glory of God is not of us, but, but it's in us. Somebody say you have something running through you. There's something running. Point at somebody and say there's something running through you. And what's running through you is greater than who you are. It's greater than what you have. It's greater than what you possess. Because there's something running through Job. He said there was something running through Job. It wasn't Job, but there was something running through him that didn't let me touch him. Now, I could touch people around him, but I couldn't touch Job because there was something <laughs> running through him. And I want every single one of you to know that there's something running through you. Something running through me that is and hedge, that is a protection. That is keeping the devil from attacking me from every side. Yes, God has given him permission to touch certain things in my life. But yet he hasn't taken my life. Because there's something running through me. And, and some of you wonder sometimes, <laughs> let me give you this. Sometimes you can be in the same building with other people. And there may be things that touch them that don't touch you. Because there's something that's running through you. Some of you have been in offices where everybody, let me bring it home. Some of you have been in offices where everybody else in the office caught COVID and you didn't. something running through you. Some of you all went to the hospital with COVID and you came out and other people didn't. <laughs> because there's something running through you. Some of you been in the workplace, everybody got laid off and, and they still not working but you found another job because there's something running through you. 
Some of you raised your children in the neighborhood, and a lot of times they'll say, the neighborhood is because of where you grew up, that, that bad things happen to the children, but your children are still here. Your children are still alive. Your children might be saved. Your children at least know they need to be with God. They understand that they should. I wish I had some help. Because there's something that's running through you. Paul saw it with Timothy. He said, he said, he said, I saw it in your grandmother, and then I saw it in your mother, and I see it in you that you need to stir up the gift that God has inside you because there's something that ran from your grandmother and ran through your mother, and I see it's running through you. Something running through you. And because it's running through me, let me help you here. I don't react the same way other people do when things happen because it's running through me. We, 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 we don't, we don't, the Bible says we don't sorrow as those who, who have lost hope, even when we lost a loved one because there's something running through us. When your boss treats you bad, you don't react like everybody else because you've got something running through you something that is protecting you, something that is keeping you safe, something that is causing all things to work together for your good. So I want you to remember this week when somebody cuts you off in the car, it, it, when you go headed to work, it might be a test. Don't act a fool. There's something running through you. When somebody mistreats you at work, don't cuss them out like you want to. Don't cuss them out. You have to respect and not react like everyone else because there's something running. I, I don't fall out when I get bad news. I don't cry and lose hope because there is something running that is keeping me, that is protecting me. I'm, I'm going to lose my new saints, but let me go back to the old saints. They said there's something all over me. And it's keeping me alive. There, there's something that's running oh, through you. It's protecting you. It's preserving your destiny. It's keeping you alive. It's preserving what God is trying to do in your life. If you believe that, stand up with me now and give God some praise for his word. If you accept that in your own life, stand up and give God some praise for his word. I'm trusting God. I'm believing by faith that there's something that's running through me. And though the circumstances of life are happening to me just like everyone else, I know that God is keeping me safe. I know that God knows where I am. I know that God is with me. I know that there are three hands on this weight and God's hand is protecting me from hurt. He's hurt, protecting me from home. And he will not allow it to be more than I can bear. 
And I pray with you, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you right now in this moment. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit, your protection, your power that is running through each and every one of us, Lord, that are, are attached to this word, that are attached to this message, Lord. And because of that, Lord, we have a greater hope. Lord, we have a greater expectation, Lord. We don't react as the world might react. We don't lose hope when they lose hope. We don't cry and, and, and fear like they do because, Lord, you have not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind, Lord. You are directing our step. You are ordering our path and our way. And Lord, you are keeping us inside your will. And Lord, the safest place in the whole wide world is inside the will of God. Lord, we're protected. Lord, we are helped. Lord, we are supported. Lord, we are delivered. And Lord, by Jesus Christ, we are already victorious. Thanks be to God who has already given us the victory through Jesus Christ. Lord, we project victory wherever we go. We walk in victory wherever we go. Lord, we shine the light of the victory of Jesus Christ through our life all day, every day, all the time. Not because of us, Lord, but because you are running and working. You're running and working through us. It's not of us, but Lord, it's working through us. And for that, Lord, we are thankful. For that, Lord, we are grateful. For that, Lord, we react and behave differently because we know that you are with us right now. We claim these things in Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise if you believe that. You accept that by faith. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we praise God for you until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.